If only y'all can get lost in the back rooms of Roblox. You know, it's Christmas time and Roblox may be on your agenda, but like there's many or possibly countless other anime that you enjoy. This all derives from the Japanese culture, of course, and there's a podcast that I'm going to be recommending to you today. We got the founder of MC Anime Podcast, who's going to be talking to you and sharing to you about what he does, how he enjoys it, and just much, much more. We got some transformation that's going to blow you away. So do not go anywhere. I'm your host, of course, Marcus Hart. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and share, share, share. We'll be right, right back right here on the Transform You Live show. Okay, we are back uh, once again. Uh, podcast radio world, cyber world, my transformers out there. Uh, we got a uh, guest that slide uh, in the introduction. You know, I gave a, a very casual introduction into this uh, premier guest. Uh, but all of those anime fans out there, and those who's, who are into Greek studies and Japanese studies and, and the likes of Asian studies as well, go ahead and, you know, give us your own introduction in your own words, sir. Yeah. Hey guys, my name is Mason Kwan. I'm the host of MC Anime Podcast. It's been an interesting journey being an MC Anime from blogging, live streams, to podcasts. Uh, what we cover on the podcast is anime, geek culture, Japanese aesthetics, and Asian studies. We like to create an open family conversation that's family friendly as well, where you can tune in, have a deep think about the subject at hand, whether it's fandom, entertainment, science related categories, or other categories that are very versatile, and we just like to have a good time, talk about it, casual conversation, and just take you in the moment where the conversation leads, and seeing what insights you have from the guest or the topic at hand. Yeah, I find that very fascinating. You know, and one thing that kind of sticks out to me um, during the show was that you make it family friendly, and. And um, a lot of times, like, you know, people who, you know, hear, an, hear about anime for the first time, they say, anime is family friendly, you know, like, uh, and, and they all, all the time think about the, the, the after nine o'clock anime on Cartoon Network, and <laughs> and they don't know that, like, there's, there's much used, you know, whose content, you know, that you can, you know, kind of uh, pick and cherry pick from and talk about, you know, so, like, you know, just considering, like, where you started from and where you where you at now, you know, you know, was it was it just your your interest alone into anime and you know that kind of brought you into like you know, hey, let's let's, let's just make this something that like I, I enjoy to talk about, be passionate about, uh, and and share, or was it something else that kind of captivated you along the way? Well, my introduction to anime was through rewatching like shows like Teen Titans, Static Shock. Spider-Man, and in those moments, I was watching DC and Marvel animated television shows that were animated at the time. So re-watching those shows in such a binge-worthy category, I started re-watching old shows like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon as well, Digimon, that I actually grew up watching, 
So I, w I went back to uh, memory lane with anime shows that at the time I didn't know were anime and start consuming more anime. So this my entire life, what I've been known for, my main source of entertainment was the TV. All I would do is watch TV, watch whatever program came on TV, all that stuff. So when anime came in, it's just another content that I can binge watch in a mainstream way that I usually do anyway. And I still do that. I still binge watch YouTube all the time. So I have Pacific Light. It just it just slowly changes to what I. Indeed. You know, and the thing about it is, it, it's so many subgenres like with the animation, actions, family drama, fantasy, children's television, you know, dark comedy, uh, dark comedy, and mystery. You know that like sometimes people don't even know that they they're, they're watching anime, and. And like, and you mentioned some of your, some of your favorites uh, growing up, and um, now that I that now that I'm like you know kind of like thinking back on it, I'm like, man, yeah, I was watching some of these shows too. <laughs> and, then, and then you hear the buzzword, you know, like anime. It's like, oh, okay, you know, like that. I I have been into anime. Yeah, do you do you ever get that response, or do you ever you know do people ever like you know uh, that run into your podcast for the first time or say like, oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah, it it takes some time to say, especially if they don't know, and then you bring up categories of shows they might know. Oh, that's anime! I didn't know that. Or we we emphasize that certain plot points in anime actually appeal to everyone. You just have to find the show that you really like, and and also go by a path of a similar genre, similar show. is a great way to get your foot into the door for anime consumption and actually how to go about the medium. Because when you reach that point, finding those you like, a lot of sites that show anime or give you that anime selection is going to curate content based on things you previously watched. So if you're using a streaming site, it's going to try to give you source material that's similar to what you watch. Netflix does it all the time. It's a notorious story. YouTube does it as well. That's why you get the certain videos in your feed because it's based on your interest, based on your searches, and on your patterns in which you consume. Yeah, which, which makes a lot of sense because, like, there's a lot of a lot of those ones that's like you know breaking the algorithms that's become very popular, and um, and and then you know the question remains like you know especially with your, with your podcast like is it is it very easy you know for for those who really wanted to like you know be more introducing to the geek culture uh, to really follow along like with some of the lingo and follow along with like you know some of the things that oh yeah anime is very what i call a cross crossover platform so a lot of other fandoms blend really well with it the music for example the opening credit scenes that we see at the end of each show that's one example the cosplay plays really well because you dress up as your favorite character you don't have to be anime but it can also be comics, it can be Star Wars, it can be a combination of different fandoms all together. So cosplay is a multi-fandom base. Same thing with like, you know, singing songs. Books also have another translation of anime because print media, manga, graphic novel, comics, are all the, most of the original source material for most anime shows. So it, anime bridges over to other fandoms very easily. And, you know, you can, in the music world, you also have 
you know, A and Z videos. The Nerdcore content the pop cultural references that Emma has given you, the social media implications, the memes, the, the takes, the clips, the quotes, character designs, tattoos, all of that has been influenced in a great degree. Yeah, and speaking of like just like, you know, comic books, because you, you mentioned comic books, like, and there's been a, uh, a huge screen ad- adaption of like comic books, like both in like this film and like television uh, over the years, and like, and that is what has established pop culture and that is how Greek uh, geek <laughs> you know uh, has become pop culture um, you know it, that's that's the most obvious you know so like in um, and in thinking about that you know like do you think you know there's gonna be a, a, a bore at some point you know and, and then we're gonna see it, it dwindle out because like you mentioned Star Wars um, you know, now there's been like a, a, a huge like uh, spin on like what, what they're doing with Star Wars. Like it's been it's been a huge like uh, this this whole year with MCU's been it's been been changing and then you know although it's not slowing down with the end of Phase Three and um, uh, in Phase Four uh, with the release of Black Widow and like in other streaming titles and like these other crazy ones they released this year. Um, you know it. Are we going to see something different happening, um, just from, from just from what you've just been like engaging in? Well, a lot of Star Wars, DC Comics, and Marvel, the comics were the push that pushed the envelope for the screen adaptations. So the reason why they've been revamped up into pop culture is a continuation of what the medium is presented which anime does all the time for all the manga, like Shonen Jump, the media, all the different publications, like the distributors like Funimation, Crunchyroll, do. They bring in different projects, and, you know, some of that is captured in movie scenes, but live action can't really capture what anime really feels without either giving to too much of the content too devoted, or not having enough and not not have enough devotion to the source material. See, they're staying true to the source material or making it transformative and reformat it to an audience in the live stream. But, but anime as an individual style, because animation, there's things you can do that CGI can't do. So there's always going to be a market. And since there's an oversaturation of shows being made, there's going to be continuously more and more shows that people can watch. There is so much you cannot watch it all in your lifetime. That's why anime will continue to be at the main front and not really peter out because it's going to be different variations of the similar thing. But that similar thing, when you have like a printing press, you put out the newspaper to keep doing copies and copies. Anime does that so well they're going to keep coming up with more original ideas and more original content to push the envelope that Marvel and Star Wars have done in their franchises. But remember, anime is not a franchise. Each show, like One Piece, Dragon Ball, is a franchise. That is a franchise. So there's all these different franchises on anime that people know about, but all like it anyway because it's cross-compatibility. And it sounds like you're kind of speaking to 
you know, like, like just, just the, the uniqueness of like genius, you know, and just like, you know, um, and, and how, you know, just, you know, like you, you mentioned like the, the inspossibilities of, uh, of, of what creativity can do outside of like what CGI can do. Um, and with the technology that we have available now, uh, like just unlocks that create creative mind uh, to be able to do something. And you, you had an episode uh, recently, you know, with um, with it was uh, Brandon Ricketts. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it, that, that episode. Make sure you guys check that out. You know, uh, idea consulted and creativity mindset. I got to get uh, get in more to that uh, to the episode. That was it. You know, I'm, you know, I'm just I'm just reading the um, episode description and like, man, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe that. I'm really, I'm really geeked into, the, I'm really geeked into like you know, uh, hearing hearing that episode, like you know, maybe maybe it was a little rundown into the episode because like I think that really fits well to like what you were speaking to a little bit. Yeah, because you know, in that episode when I had a conversation with Brandon, you know, he said, yeah, I'm a podcast consultant and I give people ideas and it's like, and you know, he said, I'm a podcast coach. I'm like, hmm, how much am I gonna idea consultant? And then that like hit a epiphany moment for him. I did not think about that. This is before you know we did the podcast. It was just you know talking because I was at a podcast content creation camp. So we had access to all these people from the podcast industry doing their own podcast and a company that ran podcasts, you know, management and stuff. And that just kind of clicked. And then that's what kind of like okay. The creative mindset and idea consulting, idea the creative mindset as a bridge, based on this this one discussion point that I had. So I saw the entire topic from that conversation, and it actually was really successful because he was so that's literally what he does: creating, give, giving content, having creative mind to be able to make the content that is content provider. And as a content creator, you need to think outside the box to be able to do that. Yeah, that's cool, man. You know, and you know, a, a lot of these ideas, you know, they 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 all ori- usually originate from something, and uh, they all usually are like innovations off of like a off an original idea. I mean, and and and, and there's nothing. I think that's that's just how how much of our world has changed. You know, continue to change and evolve because, like, you know, we, you know, it, in, in, um, the power, the power of the internet has, you know, brought these ideas together, and, you know, everybody's working on the same thing, but, you know, there's there's so much diversity, um, being, inputted to, you know, to this huge nucleus of this this internet, this this web of this internet, and um, it's being being made it available to everybody, you know, so. And so, like, just transitioning and um, twisting tracks, but not too far off the tracks. Um, when we think about anime, you know, where it's been made most popular at, you know, Japan, and you guys, you know, touch on Japan a lot, you know, um, three quarters of everyone in Japan watches anime regularly. Um, but, you know, what, what, what type of things do you guys, like, kind of, kind of, like, touch on most from just that country and you know um because I, I find it very fascinating 
you know, that, that like, you know, it, it, although that country is considered an ally now, you know, it, and, you know, and a lot of the con- that, that country has been influenced into, you know, what we, what we see on the big screen, you know, we, you know, we, we just don't, you know, find many shows like yours that, you know, um, pay, pay homage to, to the original thought. Now, for a short break, my people, my people, we are so thrilled to introduce to you the Transform You Live show fans to our newest partner, NordPass. And my plans is also to be using NordPass business to make workflow easier and more secure to encourage you also today. Because let me tell you something, my productivity has been down when it comes to trying to share things across the secure web which we know isn't that secure oftentimes when it comes to passwords and usernames and sometimes payment you just don't want to give your payment over to you know little john or uh to big nicky anybody like that (laughs) because it may end up in the wrong hands it might end up in little Susie's hands but with NordPass Business, you can forget all about the account resets because all your credentials are saved in one secure place with just a click. And log into your online account in seamless usernames, passwords, all of that. Populate automatically into your login fields whenever you need them the most. NordPass eases the burden of access to business accounts. It makes it possible for your team, rather you got one to maybe a hundred million, I don't know, to work across all type of devices and apps uninterrupted. Log into your accounts in seconds, not minutes. Securely share your sensitive data with your colleagues and make payments efficiently backed by the highest standard of cyber secure technology. But NordPass, you can forget about it. You know, you won't have that worry and that angst that you once had. Information security is a serious issue for businesses today, and they are losing tons of money. I have lost some money myself in the past, and we talk about this all the time. And that's why you need to transform your business and realize these people are working hard to help you manage it. With NordPass Business Password Manager, your team can save time and energy, allowing them to focus on what matters most. I'm inviting you to see how they do business by seeing NordPass Business in action. Now a three-month free trial here at NordPass.com forward slash transform you with promo code transform you. So let's get it. All right. So we are back uh, from a quick break. And um, we were talking anime here. And, you know, uh, we were just talking about, you know, um, uh, originality and uh, ideas and, and, and just... Uh, how how ideas uh, usually inspire uh, these bigger you know inspire inspire mindset you know and and, and uh, uniqueness uh, of, you know of your genius uh, so like you know in considering that like anime you know has a uh, has its roots in uh, in Japan um, and you talk a, a great deal uh, mostly about the, the Japanese mythology and um, the most uh, a lot about the Japanese culture, um, and you know my question to you is like you know uh, how important it was that to like you know kind of and put that into into your podcast uh, outline and topic. 
Yeah, the Japanese, aspect, the Japanese aspect. Um, there's a lot of uh, topics in Japan. Um, you got, you know, I just did the uh, Japan's yokai methodology explained. That was really interesting because I thought going to the, like what yokai was, how yokai, yokai at the time kept being passed down, yokai being a, a supernatural spirit, ghost, or other phenomenon that was otherwise unexplained. And I talked about like. You know, the Yukisawa, the Ami, the Tengu, all, you know, mainstream uh, yokai to explain how Japan depicts, you know, their history, their mythos as a way to connect the uh, culture of it. Indeed. You know, I, yeah, that's, that's so, very. Yeah, go ahead. Japan really easy bridge points and pathways to actually mm -hmm. talk about culture because it's not traditional as, as other cultures. A lot of Asian cultures have a lot of folklore and passed down stories throughout the centuries. Right. And there are so many diverse content as a content creator for me to, to take on and provide points on. That you can really dedicate an entire podcast about that. So I just select categories that I want to explain here and there to bring it up. You know, you know, Japan and Asian studies, I don't necessarily talk about as much. I want to talk more about, but usually the, it's just doing the research. I find that if you spend a lot of time in it, you devote yourself to it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, uh, yeah, that that definitely you know uh, takes a, a a whole to a whole like a life of its own. And um, I mean, you you can go into like different ideas uh, about just you know uh, Goku versus Superman. <laughs> you know, like it, like I mean, you know, you can you can even go go in uh, about the the whole influence of Disney on anime. Um, there's yeah, only Disney on anime was a huge pinnacle point for animation because yeah. when that Disney did, you know, their old animation back in the day, mm -hmm. what techniques that evolved the Japanese animation industry so broad, and they start looking focus on necessary propaganda for war, but more stories about the interaction of. A, a plot point. That's when it starts evolving more than just propaganda. Right. So, so do you do you think a lot of a lot of like the the controversial stuff, like you know, kind of like that's when start, a lot of the a lot of controversial stuff started, like you know, happening. Um, you know, when when like you know, Japan like kind of looked looked at what Disney was doing. Mm. They put Disney as a model. So they tried to achieve similar success. It just took longer for Japan to find it right. because, you know, in the early 1920s, the Steamboat and all that was taken off. But at the same time, Japan wasn't caught up to the sense of Disney as a creative mindset at that time. So they had to play catch up in doing so. So they start getting to the animation and start producing more content. I mean, there was, they had storytelling down, but it was a, as immediate 
as anime was, was a different medium. So they had to capture their unique storytelling in that medium. Right. And then when World War II broke out, it it put them even further behind because they focused all that effort on propaganda for the war for Imperial Japan that it caused like, you know, you know, even to the 50s where the mecha genre got super popular because it was a rendition of the propaganda from World War II, Japan showing their their feelings to the anime. They they use animation as a tool to tell their side of the story that the United States at the time allowed because they thought it was just cartoons. That's where the misconception about cartoon came in. They said, oh, it's just a cartoon. It ain't going to hurt you. In actual reality, they were spreading their message about their narrative in the products they were doing at the time in that period. So that's kind of where that aspect, them putting their culture in, is where they found their footing to put more of their culture into the actual product itself. Okay. That was the pivotal point. And every decade after that has been closer and closer until we get to the 90s where we got big hits. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that makes that makes a ton of sense. So, now, uh, speaking of like just big big hits in general, you know, like um, you know, you know, like like sometimes like there's there's a knock on on those who devolve themselves into anime and um, you know, and like they, 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 you know, it's a big part of their life and and you know, most people don't think like, okay, well, you know, there's there's no lessons being learned, you know, uh, from you know, from watching these things, there's there's no there's no development happening. You know, but um, you know, uh, you yourself, you know, you you found a way. You know, um, you found a niche. You know, um, that that worked for you. Um, you know, what with your with your platform, you know, what what do you feel like is is your overall mission? You know, to just to give to your audience, or to, or just to encourage to to your audience. Just provide engaging content. Have an opinion about it. Stick to it. But also view either the subject or the show or other media property with a, a neutral point of view. You have a perspective, but you don't push that perspective on someone else. You let them grow into this perspective they they, they take out. You just provide the, the con the, the concrete to set the foundation for them to do a deep dive on the topic themselves. All I'm doing is introducing the topic to you and you form an opinion on what you want to know more about it or not. That's what I want to do. And that's been consistent through the podcast. And I didn't realize it until, you know, many episodes in, but that's how it came to be. It just came naturally. I would talk about a topic, provide a neutral standing, and get someone else's perspective in the same category, talking about you know the intellectual property or the idea or subject, and we just do a deep dive one. And you know, I've even called videos and called it deep dive because they are essentially a deep dive. You know, reaction, review, you know, providing testimony to like Black Adam and the expectations, you know, stuff like that. I did an entire podcast episode talk about a trailer for a film that hasn't been released, uh, just for a trailer for a film 
that hasn't been officially released yet. But I talk about the lore of the comics, the, the actual Black Adam as a villain, the act of playing Black Adam, the, you know, the tagging points of NS, the Justice Society of America implication, and just trying to tie into an episode, it actually worked really well. Yeah. So yeah. I have an interesting perspective that I can take something, even as little as a trailer, break it down, and have a full-on conversation about it. Now, with other people, that doesn't translate well because they need more time to look at the topic, research the topic, mm-hmm. or if they already know the topic, they can converse equally with me. But I can go on tangents, so I try to construct the way I speak into a tangent that is on topic, if it's slightly off, just go back to it, or we emphasize our point and go back to it naturally. I think that's a very, you know, very well structured way um, of of doing it, you know, and um, I, I I really admire that, and I I think you know that's that's going to continue to bring you some success, and I think what you're doing is really you know uh, cultivating the audience. You really are. Um, you put some put some water on, on some real good seeds that you plant, you know. So you put a lot of a lot of good water on some, on some real good seeds and sprout them. So like um, I'm I'm excited for like what's to come uh, in the future for you. Um, you know, uh, especially if you're doing video, uh, YouTube. Uh, is there a YouTube version of your podcast as well? Yeah, I'm I'm taking my backlog and convert it to reactive images. Okay. So I'm taking all the audio files that I have on the podcast. Put a reactive image, a moving image in the background, my logo at the center, the cover art in the corner with the title and stuff. And then I'm going to have a, an audio wavelength timing yeah. on your progress in the video. So if it's 25% or you're like 15 minutes in for 60 minutes, it shows 25% and it keeps going there. And you see the moving audio. Nice. And then I also have some uh, exclusive interviews that I have on video, so I'm gonna post a video interview on YouTube when I have it. But since I had so much content that wasn't video at the time, yeah, I gotta go back and do a creative uh, video content instead of just a, a static image on a screen. I right. want a slight image in the background with the audio wavelength that I like. And that's because I've seen a lot of videos that do that type of movement. They do it like a wallpaper and have a subtle movement. Like if it's a still image, but snowing, that's the moving aspect. And then they have the moving audio going in and out. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. The, now, the, uh, the decision to, like, you know, you bring on guests, like, was that something that, like, started very early on? And, and um, is there a certain criteria that you look for in guests? When you break it them all? When I start looking for gas, it's probably episode 30, something in that range. I start looking at gas when I start finding networks to find gas. Mm-hmm. I start looking for gas and then I start looking hard for gas. And then it just, it just took over. I spent like seven interviews in one week trying to plan around my schedule doing interviews. Right. But the idea person I'm looking for a guest. 
they're passionate about things that they do, what they like or what they do as, as an occupation. They're passionate about whether it's a show, a book, TV show, their job. That's what I'm looking for. And if I can take a specific notion of one passion, it doesn't have to be specifically their job mm-hmm. for the interview. It can be a show description or a favorite childhood band or something like that. It can be as simple as that, and that can be the entire conversation. And the guests that don't immediately qualify, well, I find something that will work, I think, would be a good topic that they already know and they're already an expert in to make it even go better. Those, those, you know, like you just gave some some real excellent tips for for those uh, who wants to get into the space, as well as just uh, really inviting us into you know, your thought process and, and, and just your motivation of like, you know, really, you know, considering your audience and considering those who uh, really want to like be educated and, and get some value uh, out of your your show. Uh, I think that's just really impressive. I think it's really, you know, very uh, appreciative. You know, there's, there's not too many people that's doing it. You know, <laughs> like, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, just smacking, smacking stuff against the wall and hope it sticks. And, um, you know, and um, man, you know, I, it's really, really highly appreciated. So, like, just, just like you know, going into the new year, you know, I, I, I know um, the new year is going to bring bring new challenges, new, new horizons. Um, we we got a ton of like you know, uh, Marvel stuff rolling out. We got we got new DC uh, DC stuff coming. We got uh, more. Um, I mean, it's so much stuff coming out. Uh, next year is amazing. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the new anime uh, that's that's available right now um, that people can binge on. Uh, yeah. Like even like some of the Sonic stuff, you know, like um, that's that's you can go back and watch season season one of the Sonic Prime. Um, I think that's pretty cool, you know. Uh, where would where would where would you start? You know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, you you're loaded with content, like you know, uh, in this in this space, like you know, like do you do you feel like pressured at all? Have, like, it doesn't even have to be all anime. It doesn't have to be all review. You know, social reviews really resonate with the show. That's when I do yeah. a review. I don't do a review for every single show. It has to like really strike a chord. Right. I watch so much television and media. That if it doesn't, if it's just like a mediocre or it's like, oh, I kind of, that was kind of cool. It has cool. to be like more than that. Okay. So, you know, you just have to find that balance, you know, because you can do it, you can do an entire thing about just reviews and, you know, how to write a review, how to do a review, review of this show, review of this show, review of this book. That's good. It has an audience. I learned from when I was a freelance blogger. Mm-hmm. Diversifying your content is key. What I did for an original content basis with that blog, yeah. I did series content such as users in anime, fire users, light users, dark users. I did an entire, you know, weapons and bleach episode. 
I did the eyes. I did the eye thing. Crazy eyes. Eyes with powers. Stuff like, you know, just things like that. I also did like convention reviews, anime reviews, national holidays, you know, finding an article and then being inspired to do something with that. You know, do a case study as well. So most of my ideas already came from looking up fandom articles that I used to paraphrase in the blog. That's how I started. Right. Now I'm creating my original content. I can have something on YouTube. Oh, that's a good topic. Boom, that's a topic that I'm going to have my own Pete spin on it. Yeah. So. It imbalance is, is is real important. It, it and it's just speaking of balance. It, it, there's a lot of lot of like parents that's really concerned too. Like you know, in, in terms of balance of like how much, uh, how much TV and how much like uh, anime that like, that the kids are binging on. Um, I, I definitely like to get your take on it. Like you know, I mean, of oh, course. <laughs> Yeah, just just like you know, it's it's anime. You know these these questions that like they come and get asked, like you know, by by concerned parents. Like so binge worthy, you have to control. If especially someone like fourteen, sixteen, you have to control how much hours. Setting a curfew, setting a actual time to go to sleep, to actually go to sleep, is important. I. There was times I stayed up the entire night watching a particular anime. I did it with Naruto. I did it with One Piece. I did a lot. These are big shows that I just kept binge watching for days. I stayed in my room the entire day, barely come out. So it, there's a balance in just controlling the usage of being on the TV and the phone and the internet. Mm-hmm. That is as simple as that. But, you know, if it's affecting them in any negative light, then that's when you intervene. If they're finding their own balance and they're doing their other responsibilities, you don't have to intervene. It's just about trial and error. And you have to see, you also have to engage in their attitude, what they're doing. If they're staying in the room and you know they're not intermingling with you, they're not doing anything, be curious. Check in on them. And if they're not doing anything and you want them to do something, be creative. Get them a reason to go out if they're not motivating themselves. Or get them to be doing something else that's not, you know, that's starting in stereotype that people get associated with anime. Yeah. Get them to do something else that's also engaging or equally engaging. Yeah, I, I needed to hear that, man. Especially as a parent myself. I got I got uh two two boys that's that, that's heavily into it and you know um I get it, you know, I, I get it personally I, personally I get it, you know, as especially as a young dad, I totally get it because like I, I was I was once upon Upon a time, I'm still there because <laughs> I, I literally just stayed up like to to five o'clock in the morning uh, last night binging binging the show, and I was like, oh man, I I, I can't be a hypocrite. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, so you know, I totally get it. And um that's 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 if that's advice I needed to hear uh, personally. Yep. And there's a lot that's advice that like a lot of a lot of professionals <laughs> once in a while I still binge watch a show. I was yeah. I just watched a show called The Order. It was on Netflix about uh mm-hmm. practitioners of dark magic versus werewolves and werewolves being magic themselves but being practitioners at the same time. Yeah. So I stayed up to five o'clock and I went to work that same day. Yeah. With like I was asleep. I did that throughout high school. Yeah. I went to class and I barely had like maybe four or five hours of sleep. Sometimes I went to class to get no sleep. I didn't mm-hmm. get any sleep. Yeah. And I focused the entire day. But I also said, okay, I knew which days I didn't. I couldn't do it, but other days to where I could do it. Right. So I made a conscious decision when to do it, when not to do it. And there was, you know, if it was a test, get some sleep. Yeah. So that's how I managed it. Yeah. Yeah. And so mom but, came and you know, yelling at you. <laughs> so like, they yelled at me. They just, yeah. they didn't yell at me. Uh, yeah. They didn't know I did it. I'll be in my room watching it. They're out the bed. I'm still up. Sometimes yeah. I will actually hide it when they came in the room, cut the screen off. <laughs> so, I uh, mean, you know, I still do it now, but I have more freedom to do it now. I don't have any more. I don't have much consequences except for going to work at seven o'clock in the morning. That's it. Right. That's the only consequence. Which then, in that case, I usually try to go to bed around twelve or eleven. So I can get some sleep. Yeah. So it all depends on you as the parent. I had mm-hmm. a parent who I think it was the yeah pa- the the parent side of gaming. It was okay. a special guest. I found him on Podmatch, I think. And yeah, he does a really good job of handling how much gaming time does his kids get. Versus, you know, duties to school and duties to other areas. So he would monitor, you know, if they broke the controller. They just didn't have a controller. You know, they set boundaries on exactly what's going to happen. And if they abused it, you know, something things taken away from it. If you see grades ship, uh, slipping or you see them tired more, aggravated more, not spending time with you, make them spend time with you. Find a way to make them spend time with you. Cut yeah. the internet off if you have to. I mean, it's a drastic approach, but it works. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You know, yeah. 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 Monitor usage. Like, you know, they don't spend, you can see how much apps they're on because you took in the cell phone. Mm-hmm. Having them is like, give them the cell phone. I want to check it. And you check how many hours they have used it and in which application to have how many hours they have used it in the application. Google is probably a lot. YouTube is probably a lot. And then other ones are just not as much, but you mm-hmm. can see in live time. Oh, you are here for 18 hours. And this is what you did in that, that percentage of time frame. So it all depends. But as we wrap this up, I really like you as a host. 
Uh, my plug-in information is MCMA Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Hot Radio, Amazon Music. You can find me at www.mcanimepodcast.com. I also have Patreon if you want to give crowdfunding. Also on Facebook at Blog MC Anime, Twitter at Mason Kalan, that's my handle, and then Instagram at Mason MC Anime Podcast. And uh, thank you for letting me be here. Yeah, you're very, very, you know, very, it's much a pleasure, Mason, to have you, you know, like, I really enjoyed you today, man, and, uh, you know, like, um, we, we worked through, like, some of the technical difficulties, too, like, you know, yeah, so, like, I mean, but the audience will never know, because I just said, you know, I mean, but I just said it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The movie magic, don't let them see what's going on, you know, so. Exactly. Uh, movie magic will be applied later, but you know what? You'll fix it. Yeah. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, guys. He's very dedicated. Keep it up with him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you got the plugs there. We have them in the episode description of my, my good friend Mason here. You know, I called him Madison earlier. You know, I'm so used to seeing Madison when I'm, when I'm traveling from Milwaukee to Madison. You know, so that's not a whole So you, you got you to excuse me. You got to excuse me. So, uh, for that, right. yeah, but it's Mason, um, and we have all his plugs in the episode description. You know, find to the left or the right, bottom, top, however you are viewing, watching, or listening. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you know, someone you don't know. Uh, leave a review if you have something specifically that you want to say to, to Mason uh, or DM him. You know, I'm pretty sure he's a you know available guy. Uh, yeah, so more specifically and more intimate, you want to say to him, that, that's always uh, great too. You know? And check out his podcast. He said it already, but I'm telling you specifically, check out his podcast. Go binge on his podcast as well, along with Eminem. Anime. <laughs> you want me to help you with any podcast or production of any kind, so just give me a holler. Oh, excellent. Excellent. This is blog and see anime at gmail.com. So there you go. Excellent. All right, here we go. So until next time, you know, I'm your host, Marcus Hart, on the Transformation Live Show. I want to show you how to make real life and business transformation. Harness the power, optimism, open faith. Many blessings, peace, and lots of love. We're out. Yeah.